This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hello, everybody. This is Ming Chen from Anthony's Comic Book Men. My favorite podcast, even better than my own, even better than all of Kevin's, even better than that Mark Marin guy or that Joe Rogan or the Nerdist. Screw all of them. It's all about Cosmic Potato, everybody. Listen, love it, and then listen again. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and John is not sitting across the virtual table from me tonight. He is away on leave, but sitting in his chair is our friend Rick. How are you, sir? This thing's uncomfortable. No wonder he's always fidgeting it around. Hey, how's it going? You have to, you have to put a book underneath it because it kind of wobbles on that one side. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and joining us once again is our friend, Mr. Christopher DeFilippis. How are you? Great, John. How are you guys doing? Doing wonderful. And uh, our main topic for this evening, we're going to move right on into it, is uh, spinoffs. More specifically, we're going to talk about spinoffs that we wish would actually happen, or maybe we have an idea for a spinoff and we'd like to pitch it here. Uh, now, let me put out a definition of what we mean by spinoff, because when I go back and look, I don't know if you guys have ever realized this, but a lot of what we call spinoffs are not true spinoffs. They're backdoor pilots. Um, mm. We a, a lot of the, the shows that we consider to be spinoffs were going to be shows themselves the entire time. They just introduced those characters on another show to launch it into something else. Now the exceptions are like Frasier, you know, Frasier was on cheers for years before he got his own show. But then you got stuff like technically the 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 sitcom Good Times was a spin-off of Mod. They don't go together at all. Yeah, but but Mod was a spin-off of <laughs> All in well, the yeah. Family. Yeah, that's true well, too. Well, no, because Florida, the mother in Good Times was Mod's maid for several she- seasons. Okay, well yeah, that, but there's a lot there's there there was one that was supposed to be a spin-off of the Brady Bunch. And you only met these characters in one episode. And it was like the next door neighbors. And they had three kids. And one of their kids was white, one was black, and one was Chinese. And they were supposed to be getting their own show. But oh, my you God. Only, I you vaguely on- remember that. Yeah, Holy you on- moly. You only met them in that one episode because that one episode was supposed to be a backdoor pilot for a for a series. So you, you hear of that a lot. You know, they uh, to, to bring it back to sci-fi, uh, Assignment Earth was supposed to be a spinoff of Star Trek. But it was just yeah, created right. well, as a backdoor pilot for for that show. Well, it's it's also a way that they can test the waters to see if there's any audience interest mm-hmm. without going through the expense of creating an entirely new show. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? I mean, 
was it spinoff or were they doing the MCU before the MCU when we were growing up? Because you have to think you had all in the family, Maud, the Jeffersons, Good Times. Those were all in the same universe. And I mean, Gary Marshall was the king of that. We started with uh, Love American Style, which had the short, the happy days, which became happy mm-hmm. days, which gave rise to Laverne and Shirley, which gave rise to Mork and Mindy, which gave rise. Oh, yeah. Right? right. Yeah. Because Mork first uh-huh. appeared, he fought <clears throat> the Fonz. Don't forget about Joni Loves yeah. Chachi. Joni Loves Chachi is the epitome. <laughs> yeah. You beat me to it, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> But what I'm saying is, I don't know that they're spinoffs so much as they just were expanding the universes, but I always thought that like those are spinoffs. You know what I mean? And even though Laverne and Shirley maybe showed up in, what, two episodes of Happy Days before they got their own show, maybe that, yeah. that's that's sort of the way it was done. Yeah, because when you tell people that Mork and Mindy was a spinoff of Happy Days, they kind of look at you sideways, because how in the world does Mork and Mindy fit into the world of Happy Days? <laughs> but, but I think that the first time that Mork was on Happy Days twice, I think, and I think that the first time uh, Fonzie was having a dream, if I'm not mistaken. No, he wasn't, no. This he is, wasn't like really there. No, what it was was uh, Fonzie was fighting Mork. Uh, it was the, I guess, the Nanu Nanu versus the Thumb or whatever. And at the end, it's that, it's, it, they pose it that Richie is having a bad dream and oh. the doorbell rings and it's Robin Williams looking for directions. And he says, Oh my God. And he runs away because that's Mork. And right. for the longest time, I was like, Well, wait a minute. It doesn't make any sense. Then how can Mork be real if Richie just dreamed about him? But, what I didn't know was in the syndication, the syndicut that we always watched was they always cut out a final scene in which Mork calls Orson or whoever his superior is and says out on Richie's porch, says they bought it. He, he thought it was all a dream. So where do I go from here? Oh. <laughs> and they, uh, they cut right. that out. They cut that out of the syndicated version, I guess, because they wanted to sell more, I don't know, diapers or Toyotas or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, Pam Dauber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about some spinoffs that we would actually like to see. Or you can just say, uh, I want to see a spinoff of such and such. Or you can spell it out exactly how uh, they would make it. And and also, I'm, I'm going to add in uh, a thing that they're doing lately over the last five or six years. They've been taking movies from 10, 15, 20 years ago and turning them into TV series. So if you want to add that into uh, your list, if you want to name name a, uh, a movie that would make a good TV show and kind of spell out how that would uh, parlay into a TV show, uh, we, we can talk about that too. But I'll go first just to kind of, uh, kind of get things started. My first one was a character from a TV show that was big in the 90s which itself was a spinoff. Xena was a spinoff of Hercules, the legendary journeys. Uh, but there was a character that I think could have carried his own, uh, his own series, Autolycus played by Bruce Campbell. Um, this was in the years after Briscoe County jr. Had been canceled and Bruce was playing a very Bruce like character on Xena, (laughs) you know, cracking one liners and, and, and getting out of sticky situations by sheer luck or being rescued by Xena or something like that. He was funny. And I think that, uh, seeing him in that kind of a, a role, uh, week after week 
probably would have uh, would have worked. But you know, Bruce Campbell is kind of hit or miss. Some people love him. Some people hate him. Some people can take him in small doses, like my wife. <laughs> you know, she laughed every time that he popped up in, in a Spider-Man movie, but she can't stand Ash versus Evil Dead. Um, you know, he was in Burn Notice as well, even though he wasn't he wasn't the main character in that. But back in his prime, and in that universe, the fake ancient Greece universe, uh, I think uh, I think an Autolycus TV series probably would have been. Would have been good. Do you guys remember Autolycus at all? I never watched Hercules or Xena. Or okay. Xena. Um, I, I never could get into that. We're in we're in ancient times, but everybody talks like they just walked in from the Bronx. Kind of. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey! I'm from the Bronx. Don't insult me like that. <laughs> well, well, no, not, not insulting. Just just modern idioms and and stuff. Uh, yeah. It just it just never worked for me. Um, they did try to do something like that though, called Jack of All Trades. Yeah, starring Bruce Campbell, and he got uh, I'm not saying two seasons. What are they calling the second season? There's, oh, I guess it did get it. Well, no, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven episodes of the second season. That's almost as long as the second uh, season yeah. of Stranger Things. You uh, know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love Bruce Campbell. I love the idea. Um, uh, you know, I'll watch him in just about anything. But it, I, it, I don't know. It, it, I wouldn't watch it because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I didn't watch it. The yeah, first and time. like and like Rick, I never saw Hercules or Xena because I'm sorry, they just looked really dumb. And I, you know, oh, they were. They were. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. I'm not gonna lie, they were. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they, in, they were I probably was, pretty fun though too. Yeah. You know, but they, that was on that straight to syndication boom from the late '80s, early '90s that Star Trek made possible, and mm-hmm. so they were just looking for anything to fill up the hours on Saturday afternoons for your local, you know, Fox affiliate or whatever. Yeah, they had a whole mm-hmm. line of of shows like like what, what you were talking about, Rick, where it takes place in ancient times, but they talk in modern language. I mean, they had a Robin Hood show like that. I mean, there was there was a whole list of them that would come on mainly like. Uh, late at night on Saturday night or late Sunday night or something like that, you know, all syndicated stuff. But they were, they were fun at the time when I was that age. Now I went back and tried to watch some Xena episodes uh, a little more recently in the last couple of years and they don't hold up. The special effects were terrible. I could could probably make, I could probably make better special effects on my computer right now. (laughs) But, uh, I tried to watch Xena, uh, back when we started the Starbase, because Karen is such a huge Xena fan. And so I, I tried to give it a shot, and I got about five or six episodes through into this, the first season. And I just, it wasn't that I didn't like it. It just didn't intrigue me enough to keep going. But it was, it was hilarious because I knew the history, especially the later seasons of Xena and how much they became, you know, uh, uh, icons for the gay community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, just watching that first season where they might as well have been walking around going, boy, are we straight? Wow. Look how straight we are. Look at that guy over there. I really want him. I'm so straight. It's amazing. <laughs> it was almost like you could hear the producer saying, make sure that everybody knows this is not a lesbian. Show. <laughs> yeah. And the later, the later into the show that it got, um, the more self-aware the show became. Because they started, I don't know if they were just running out of ideas. That's probably what it was. They were probably running out of ideas. But they started doing some weird stuff that didn't have anything to do. There was one episode where all of the characters from the show were playing 
uh, modern day people in a boardroom sitting around a conference table pitching ideas for a TV show. And, and, and one of the ideas was Hercules and then they would show clips from Hercules. And one of them was a, uh, like a young Hercules. And there really, there was a spinoff of Hercules that was young Hercules that had, uh, is it Adrian, Adrian Brody, somebody big like that now played like young Hercules back then. Hello. My name is Archibald. I have inserted myself into the podcast to correct a human error. Ryan Gosling, not Adrian Brody, starred in the Young Hercules spin-off series. Gosling, the star of La La Land, not Brody, the star of Hollywood Land. I now return you to the Cosmic Potato. And uh, and then there was a cartoon, and they show clips from that. It, it was a weird episode. It was basically like, look at all the shows that we make. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay, one of you guys want to go. Chris, you want to go next? Sure. I'm going to reach back to probably my favorite science fiction show of all time, and it's not the two that either, either of you might think. Uh, it's not <laughs> Star Trek, even though I love Star Trek, and it's not Quantum Leap, even though I love Quantum Leap, but I always thought that Farscape was maybe the best science fiction show ever made. And when they get. Hey, guys, I've, I've got to go find out what my idiot's barking at. Okay. <laughs> All right, but uh, they left off with Crichton and Aaron having a son on that show, and they named him Dargo after Dargo, who, spoiler alert, 35 years later, whenever that show ended, Dargo died at the end of the Peacekeeper War arc. So I would love to see the Dargo Crichton adventures and continue the stories, you know, out in the uncharted territories with him being a rogue and maybe have, you know, obligatory appearances by both Claudia Black and Ben Browder, who I think were both amazing in that series. Everybody in that series was amazing, but just to be able to see them again, reprise yeah. the characters that they, they perfected and just that chemistry they had on screen was, was terrific. So I, I look at Dargo Crichton as just a way to get young people to watch because you need like a young hunky guy to get anything greenlit. Yeah, <laughs> so right. <laughs> we can we can use him as as the excuse to get to get the band back together. You know what I mean? Were, were yeah. you a Farscape fan? Sean? No, I, I, ne I never watched it. Yeah, I I, I tried. Again, I, I was looking for new shows to watch when when we got our first HD TV and and had like shows in Netflix and right. stuff. And I love Claudia Black. Uh, I love what's his name? Ben Browder. Browder. Yeah, Ben name? Browder. Ben Browder. I loved him on Stargate. I love Claudia Black on Stargate too. Uh, I just the, the puppets. So I just couldn't. Yeah. See, so you have to you have to get past the puppets. And it's funny because my yeah. wife to this day still says, "Oh, that's space puppets." She calls all my shows. <laughs> For some reason, she thinks um, uh, Nog on uh, <laughs> on Star Trek looks like a donkey. So DS9, DS9. forever in my yeah. house is is Donkey Boy. So oh, you're watching Donkey Boy, <laughs> and whenever she hears like yelling science fiction, she says, "Are you watching space puppets?" <laughs> but I, I can say the first season of Farscape, Farscape is is pretty rough, and um, they they do a lot of like weird kind of episodes. But I, I like to to think that it got so involved and so amazing that it was prestige TV before prestige TV because it went some into some really esoteric places, and it was always really character driven, even though it had a lot of action and a lot of puppets. Um, there was a lot of heart and a lot of really terrific writing. So if you have a chance to just re-examine the show, see if you can get past that first season hurdle, which is a it's a hurdle for a lot of shows, and and mm -hmm. you know stick with it because 
in my opinion, it's really worth it. And I think it's worth it so much that I think they should do more with those characters in that universe if they can. Okay. Cool. Rick, what's the first one on your list? Uh, okay. Did any either of y'all watch Penny Dreadful? I watched the first uh, five or six episodes. And okay, that's a no. For I me. you know I will. No, I wait. I watched. I, the, I, I watched will, the entire first season. I'm sorry, I did watch the first season. Okay, uh, you know I I will freely admit that it's a uh, it's you know if it's not your cup of tea it's it's you know it it's it's high melodrama it's gothic horror at its at its finest. I think I love the show. Um, but when it ended, it ended very abruptly. Um, I mean, they they wrapped the story up, but the the writer of the show said, "I'm I'm doing three seasons. It three seasons will cover you know for this character's arc. Uh, I'm not going to spoil by telling you who uh, it is, but you know when they reached that. Well, I guess it's going to be a little bit of a spoiler because I've got to talk about who I want to carry carry on with. Um, uh, but when they got to that point." And that character's arc completed, Showtime tried to get him to do more. And he said, nope, I'm done. The show is over. And I kind of, I admired him for that. At the same time, I'm like, no, you've got all of these other wonderful characters. Do more with them. And the one I would really, I would love to see a spinoff is Rory Kinnear played Frankenstein's monster in the, in the, in the, the show he was called John Clare. Um, the, if you're not familiar with Penny Dreadful, it was this, it was everything that the movie, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen tried to be, but didn't. Um, it ties to, it, it beautifully weaves together Frankenstein, Dracula, uh, the Wolfman, uh, they bring in Dr. Jekyll towards the end, uh, just all of these, these kind of gothic horror staples and puts them into this, this story, uh, and does it beautifully. It, it's a wonderful series, uh, you know, especially if you dig horror. It's very, it's, you know, it's high melodrama. Like I said, it's, it's, you know, they don't, there are points where it could be really silly if it wasn't so serious. Uh, Ava Green, who I just adore, is the main character and, and she just, her commitment to her part is incredible. Uh, but Rory Kinnear as Frankenstein's monster. And he adop- adopts the name John Clare. He is so heartbreaking. Um, have either of you ever read Frankenstein? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the I original have. Books? Yes. Okay. You know how the monster is the sympathetic character? The real monster in the book it's is Victor. Dr. Frankenstein. That right. Bastard. Yeah. Um, and, and he's in the, he's in this too. And he's a, he's like a, a, a opium addict and, and, or, and just, yeah, he's terrible. Um, but the monster is so eloquent and so, uh, so, so sad. You know, in the book, he turns, he, he tries, to, he, he tries to get Frankenstein to love him and he won't. And so then ultimately he says, all right, if you won't love me, I'm going to destroy everything you love. And, and, and it's kind of that story. Um, but in, in Penny Dreadful, he's just this, this sad, eloquent, deep character. And at the end of the series, he's, he's just fine. And, you know, it just, the the main character story ends and then the rest of these people kind of just kind of go on their 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 separate ways and i would love to see a spin off of what happens to john after he leaves uh you know london and goes on with his with the rest of his life yeah now I, like i said i only watched the first season of that show i i i couldn't get into the show itself but 
that one character, I do remember really liking that character. So, yeah, I would like to see more of that. Okay, my next one is, uh, I'm calling it Jedi. Because I would love to see a TV series that just explores the Jedi, and I would want it to take place like long before the prequels. I want to see where they came from and what the galaxy was like when they were really at the top of their game. Um, it's not something that I want to see a movie about because I think it would be a slow burn and wouldn't be action-oriented enough to really carry just a two-hour film. But a TV series, I think, would do well. Um, they just have... think of all the meetings they could have with the Trade Federation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't want to see, I don't want to see wow. that part. <laughs> but uh, they are talking about, the, I mean, uh, with this uh, Disney-Fox merger that they've been talking about, um, that there may be a live-action Star Wars series coming when Disney has their their big uh, streaming service that yep. they're going to start. Yeah, I read so, about that too, yeah. Uh, which, I mean, you knew that they were going to have to do something like that to get people to say, oh yeah, I have to go subscribe to this because I want to see the Star Wars series. Uh, I would like for them to do something that would be along these lines because I would I think they would hesitate to make a series that takes place in the same timeline that the movies do. Because that's kind of like what Agents of Shield does, and and they have to write around the movies, <laughs> and instead of like actually being part of the movies, because you don't know which members of your audience are going to be watching both, and which ones are just watching TV or whatever. But but I think this would be a good idea for a series because it takes place uh, far enough away in the timeline that it wouldn't affect what's going on in the movies and things like that. So I, I would like to see it. I dig that. You know, it, it it would be a prequel, but it would be so so far before anything we know that there it would take the prequelitis away yeah. from it. Yeah, that's what I would hope. <laughs> I would, but I uh, think maybe, that the, maybe for me it would be like the rise of the Jedi, not so much the Jedi in full power and full flower. But how did well, this, I think how did it this would, weird cult rise to become? Uh, yeah, the, that's the force? that's kind of like what I meant. I mean. The, yeah. It would probably start that way, and depending on how long the series would run, you know, you might see them at full power. I got you. Oh. Yeah, I mean, my mileage with Star Star Wars really is very low. So even if that came on, I, it wouldn't entice me to to do a streaming service. But I also, I just love to say that to a nice Star Wars fans. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is a secret pleasure in my life. <laughs> Well, I mentioned that when we saw when I saw the story the other day that they were going to make a live action Star Wars series, I, I told my wife, "It's like, well, I guess uh, Disney's going to get my money or whatever." And she says, "You're going to put us in the poorhouse with all these streaming <laughs> services that you're getting: <laughs> Netflix and Hulu and CBS All Access." <laughs> okay, Chris, go ahead. Uh, let's see. Do I go serious or do I go gag? Um, in honor of John, who is not here, I'm going to go gag. My next spinoff is going to be The Island of Dr. Hinckley. And uh, on, on this spinoff, we pick up with the progeny of a once lovable bunch of castaways as the love child of Professor and Ginger hunt the children <laughs> of Mother Summers for nefarious genetic experiments. And, you know, for kicks. And the Marianne clan's only hope for redemption lies in the fabled Gilligan, a legendary godhead rumored to be somewhere on the island. <laughs> so I think it's like Hunger Games, Island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, what's that movie from 1990 with Ray Liotta when they're all on the island? Yeah. <laughs> Killing oh, <yeah>. each other. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I think it could be pretty neat. And I think Tina Louise is still alive, so you can have... So is Dawn and Dawn Wells. Wells. So you can have both of them. <laughs> and the Tina Louise, she could have an especially great part because there could be a whole edible thing going on. Did I say edible or edible? Edible thing going on with the uh, with the sun. It could be really screwed up. It could be really dark. So you said edible. I was thinking, well, you had to go with Don Wells on that. She's the one that got arrested for marijuana. <laughs> edible, you know, like like yeah, like, you know. I think we yeah. all know. But anyway, uh, I was just thinking, what 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 could be outrageous? And can can I get bonus points from you guys? Can either of you, without looking it up on Google, name the skipper? What's the skipper's real name? Oh, it's oh oh shoot! I used to know it. It's like something like grumpy. Yeah, it's one of those trivia questions you that got, I've heard you're a just million times. Jonas Jonas Grumpy. Oh. Yeah. Grumpy, yeah. And I didn't know they that only until, said it one time. I think in no, the they pilot. said it like yeah. they said it three times. Um, in the first few episodes, oh, okay. they were listening to radio reports of you know the castaways being lost. The skipper Jonas Grumpy. It was because I guess it was at a time when you know people might tune into a new show three or four weeks later. So you had this handy exposition on the radio telling you who all the characters were and what they mean to each other so that if you missed the first two episodes, hey, all right, well, that's the skipper. He's Jonas whatever. The professor is Roy Hinckley. And um, I didn't know that until I rewatched it about three years ago from the very beginning on Nick at Night. I said, wow, it's like the Gilligan's Island pilot when they were black and white. When we were kids watching them in reruns, if it was one of the black and white ones, we would just skip it. You know, because only the first season, I guess, was black and white at Gilligan's Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you want to you want to have an, a a really mind blowing experience with Gilligan's Island? Um, may, maybe you guys aren't old enough yet. Uh, Rick, wait, 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 but, how old are you? I mean, you say like I'm fifty. I'm he's okay. seventy four. No, <laughs> so you are one hundred and six. Go on. But, no. It, it's just that you know, in in the podcasting world, I'm an old man. Right. <laughs> so, um, but. I'm also older than I ever imagined myself being, so it's it's just, it's kind of a head thing. <laughs> um, but I was I was looking at some uh, on YouTube. I was watching some old Gilligan's Island clips, and uh, I, I can't I can't remember the actress's name now that played Lovey, Mrs. Howell. Natalie Schaefer. Now, yeah, I'm watching. There's one where where. Uh, the, the three girls are are doing this like they're they're being a, a rock group and so they're all wearing the, the high tight pants and the and and like dancing and stuff and you know when i was a kid lovey howell was yeah, in, she's like a grandma <laughs> and i'm looking at it now and i'm like she's not really all that old <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's funny how your perspectives change what what is old be, cha- as you get further along closer to what you used to think was ancient <laughs> Like well, you know, sixty isn't that uh, that old anymore, is it? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. When I see somebody I'm, that I'm I not used saying to, she's hot or anything, but yeah, <laughs> when I I see somebody that I used to think of as old, and they're only a few years older than I am. <laughs> well, that says something about me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, my neck. Oh no, Rick is next. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rick. Okay. Um, I I have to admit that this one it was a little tricky. Because the line between spinoff and sequel is very, very yeah. blurry. Um, We're not sticklers for the rules around here. Yeah, I think my Farscape idea was <laughs> technically true. a sequel. And so is so is The Island of Dr. Hinckley, if you think about it. So. <laughs> um, well, okay, I'll, I'll go with this one as, as, a, as a TV show. I, would, I think that 
this would especially now granted the 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 young adult thing is kind of starting to taper off now i think but uh i think there's enough of it left that we could take a page from like the sarah uh the um the the sarah jane adventures Mm -hmm. if y'all are familiar with that um i would like to see a marion ravenwood tv show like young indiana jones not quite back okay. that far. Like maybe just, you know, post Raiders of the Lost Ark so that she's back in the world. She's not still stuck in a bar in Nepal. But, you know, Indy has once again turned his back on her and gone off to be Indy and she's fending for herself. I think there is a, a rich field of adventures that could be there that could be just edgy enough to keep the teenagers interested, but just family friendly enough to keep the tweens whoa, 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 into whoa, 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 whoa. it but when when does she spawn indy's bastard child that's you know where where, 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 where does mutt where does mutt fit in with all this he doesn't we're, we're just gonna pretend <laughs> yeah. that crystal skull yeah let's retcon that whole you thing you can't do that <laughs> they're doing they do it all the time. they're doing it with halloween they're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Halloween is not exactly Indiana Jones. Yeah. Or if we have to have him there, that's fine. As long as it's not Shia LaBeouf, I'm cool with it. But uh, I, I think that that would be cool. I I, I love the character. Uh, you know, I was so disappointed when they made Temple of Doom a prequel, and they didn't have Karen Allen in it. Uh, and then I was doubly disappointed when they did have Karen Allen in Crystal Skull because it was such a terrible movie. And and uh, then my oh man, <laughs> don't get me going on that. But. I just love the, the the worst line in that entire movie of bad lines was um, my mother Marion. I've known a lot of Marions, kid. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just wait a couple of years until the next one comes out. <laughs> but that's, okay. that's mine. I want to see more Marion. That'd actually be really cool. That'd be like Agent, Agent Carter, but like in the Orient or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we see what happened to her between. I like that idea. I like the good yeah. one, Rick. I think you win so far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my next one is uh, is the Godfather. Uh, this is one of those. It's, I mean, it's not really a spinoff. It would be like a, a TV adaptation of the films or the book. Um, this is a, it's a new norm, you know. Take a movie that's well known, retool the story, and break it down into a TV show, kind of like they're doing with Fargo, From Dust Till Dawn, Lethal Weapon, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm probably going to get some blowback from you guys on this one. I already know, but I love mafia movies. I don't fantasize about being in the mafia or anything like that because I, I know they're the bad guys. But uh, there's something about the way that it works in movies and TV that fascinates me. You know, the glamorized version yeah. of reality. I'm sure you know. <laughs> But uh, that being said, I, I would love to see a TV show about the Corleone family uh, from The Godfather. And I even I kind of have a way that it would work. Uh, if if you've ever seen uh, Godfather Part 2, and Rick, I know you said you saw The Godfather and hated it, so I doubt you saw Part 2. No, I did not. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> you're absolutely so, right. So um, the, the main story is interspersed with flashbacks uh, to Robert De Niro playing Vito when he first came to New York. And all that stuff came from the novel, the original novel that Mario Puzo uh, wrote and that the first film was based on. There are two more novels that came out about 10 years ago by a writer by the name of Mark Weingartner and uh, called The Godfather Returns and The Godfather's Revenge that take place between Godfather 2 and 3. So what I would like to see is a TV show that's set in the timeline of those books, like between two and three, 
but also with another storyline going along that shows Vito when he was young and he was starting out. So you would see Michael at the height of his empire, but you'd also see Vito and they kind of go back and forth between those. Um, hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm picturing the story of, of the family over the course of generations. And I, I think it would work wonderfully on TV, uh, maybe on Netflix or on AMC or something like that. I think they wouldn't be held back as much as like ABC would or something like that. But yeah, you, I don't think you could do something like that on a traditional network platform. I think you need uh, Netflix someplace that it can be uncensored. That's like an HBO kind of deal. Yeah. 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 Um, I think ne- I think Netflix would probably work best for it. Uh, I mean, HBO. Yeah. They've got Game of Thrones. Yeah. But they're still HBO is expensive. <laughs> I mean, to tell you the truth. So uh, people that. Uh, Sign up for Netflix that's ten bucks a month aren't necessarily going to sign up for HBO, which is you know twenty bucks a month or something like that. So. That's why I haven't seen Westworld yet because right. HBO <laughs> isn't letting it go anywhere but HBO. Yeah, well, I had yeah. um, I worked for the local cable company for the last sixteen years or so before <laughs> it got sold to another uh, to another entity. So I've had free cable most of my adult life, and I'm finding it hard to to part with. So I'm still paying for HBO, even though we only watch like Game of Thrones and stuff. But it's just habits die hard. But getting back to like The Godfather, and Rick, I heard you go off on it um, on on that other show, and I, I agree with a lot of what you said about how it's just now so at, at this point so cliche. Even though it was groundbreaking when it first came out, everything on it has been parried copied and parodied to death so it's very hard to sit through it but one thing that i can't stand any longer is sort of this glamorization you 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 put it sean um the sopranos really took it to the epitome with tony soprano being the hero and you're supposed to root for him and by the end of that show i just wanted him to be shot in the head because he was such a reprehensible scumbag that did nothing but make everybody around him miserable because he was such a selfish prick and yeah everybody on that show was was a sociopath i mean and yet everybody's treating it like it's the greatest thing ever and as someone who i i never really cared about it before but I'm sick of seeing it as someone who is primarily Italian. I'm mostly Italian and I identify as an Italian American. To see that over and over and over again as the portrayal of Italians in popular culture is just starting to to wear thin with me. And it's part that I'm just offended by that portrayal, but also, again, I'm just sick of sort of that anti-hero thing going on. So I hope that if they would do a Godfather show like that, that you would see some comeuppance for these characters, that you would see them, you know, um, not so much like a Hayes Code, you know, crime doesn't pay kids, but show you that it's not glamorous, that it's a sleazy, disgusting, awful life. That that yeah. would be my only caveat. And then I think I'd enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah, that's the you main know? thing. That's one thing that I did like about the Godfather series. Now, the Godfather 3 is not the best movie in the world. But with that as the end of that trilogy, you see Michael's whole life fall apart. You know, so it's not like Tony Soprano where at the end of it, you know, he's just going on life as normal and he's killed all these people and he's done all these awful things. Michael Corleone did awful things and he paid for it in the end, you know. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, I, I would... Uh, 
a lot of people say watch watch Godfather one and watch Godfather two and, and forget about three. But if you don't watch three, then you don't see like you said his comeuppance. You don't see it. You don't see that happen. <laughs> you okay. just see the basic basically to spoil a forty year old movie. You see him kill his brother at the end of it, <laughs> and then nothing happened. <laughs> We're the Millennial Falcon Podcast, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. We're hosted by Anya Crittenton, Hwai Chen Bui, and Willoughby Dobbs. The three of us met in college, bonding over Game of Thrones and Disney. While we've moved past Game of Thrones, we now bond once a week in a podcast that covers everything from superheroes to musicals to summer reading to Pokemon Go. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Falcon Podcast and listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Come for the hot takes. Stay for the snarkin' puns. And the friendship that lasts forever. Hey everybody, I'm Troy. And I'm AJ. And we're the hosts of the World War G podcast. And we know Sean and John do great things, but if you need just that little bit more nerd in your life, a little bit more geek in your week, then head on over to worldwarg.podbean.com where we talk about everything from movies and television, comic books and video games. Check us out at worldwarg.podbean.com. Back to you, Sean. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I've got you pegged But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs they're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is the boy to do? Now let me see if I understand the problem I think you said. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, go to uh, Chris next. All right. Um, if we're going to stick with uh, the idea of movies being made into TV series, there are two that I would just absolutely love to see. And uh, one is, is relatively old, but... I would love to see a Hellboy series, but not Ooh. just any Hellboy series. A Hellboy series specifically based on Guillermo del Toro's Hellboys with Ron Perlman and Doug Jones as as yeah. Hellboy and, and Abe Sapien. I think that that was – Hellboy 2 was the epitome. Golden Army was so rich and had such such just esoteric weirdness about it. I think they could make a hell of a series – out of something like that, and it would that just would be, be so expensive, right? That would be so awesome, <laughs> but right, perpetually yeah. interesting. And if you could get, you know, just the, the wattage of a Ron Perlman to come back and, and reprise that role, and Abe Sapien, uh, as portrayed by Doug Jones, was amazing. I mean, it was so empathic that character, and so empathetic. Um, going on the uh, on the other end of that, like stark and gritty instead of lush and fantastic, I would love to see an Old Man Logan series with Hugh Jackman and. Um, Patrick Stewart as Professor X slowly going insane. I think that that if you if you think about what we just call Logan, right? The last the last the movie, movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love to see the years leading up to the events of that movie and the disaster that that shook the very foundations of their existence. And I guess they alluded in that movie to the fact that Professor X was going insane and he destroyed most of the school or something like that. I mean, they never really spilled yeah. it out, but there was some kind of disaster level event that he caused 
that put yeah, them he sort he of killed on everybody. the run. And, yeah. Yeah. So I think that that would be sort of an amazing show if we're going to do like a movie spinoff kind of deal. A Wolverine Professor X buddy cop movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not buddy cop. Like, a, no, like a, the world is slowly falling apart around us and it's bleak and horrible, but God damn it, Hugh Jackman still kicks ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I got to admit, I I I was not pleased with the ending that that particular story gave Professor X. In in the sense of you know you want it you you want him to die a hero's death and stuff if he's going to die, but it was uh, you know it was so well done. I was crying at the end of that movie. I was yeah. I was okay right up until she called Logan Daddy, and then I broke. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, did you ever guys ever notice uh, if you go back and watch the Wolverine movie that came out before that? Why on earth would we um, want to? The, I think I've uh, seen them all. The, no, the one in Japan. That one was really good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, right. That, that one was, wasn't too bad. Yeah. yeah. There was a scene in that where he's talking to the girl that can that can see the future, and uh, she she tells him that she sees his death and he's holding his heart in his hand. And then at the end of Logan, when he dies, he's holding the little girl's hand, you know. So it kind of fulfilled the prophecy, I guess. From, from a certain point of view. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we got time for one more. And uh, I was going to do my, uh, hey, Skipper Martin is online. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do my uh, my Quantum Leap uh Version, but I think I'll skip that and go down to. Uh, I've got a I've got a Star Trek spinoff that I would like to see. I would like to see Starfleet Academy, and this has been talked about for years. Uh, I haven't Decades. worked out all the yeah I haven't worked out all the details for it, but I think that a series about cadets that are going through training would be really good. But I imagine I don't know if you guys have ever seen the TV show Quantico, which is about uh, people going through FBI training, but no. I think. That if you use that template, it would work because it's about cadets. Uh, well, I don't know if they're called cadets, but they're going through FBI training and uh, something happens. There's a terrorist attack and basically they get thrown in the middle of it. So I think that's something along the lines of Starfleet cadets that are suddenly in the middle of a warlike situation uh, would probably be a good show. They've They've had different ideas over the years. At one time, they wanted to make a show. About Kirk you, and Spock? Go ahead. Can I ask you a question? Isn't Starfleet Cadet suddenly in the middle of a warlike situation, the entire plot of Wrath of Khan? And, and Star Trek yeah. 2009. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. But yeah. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're fine. Uh, they, they wanted to make a, uh, a show about Kirk and Spock when yes. they were in the Academy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they did that episode of TNG, The First Duty, that uh, the rumor was that that was like a backdoor pilot that didn't happen. And then they had that episode of DS DS Nine uh, Valiant that was mm. kind of rumored to be a, a backdoor pilot that didn't happen. And that was uh, a good one. Yeah, uh, mm. but I really think that it could that it could work now with the success of uh, Discovery. Um, you know, doing something on CBS All Access. I, I, I mean, I, I think I think there's a, a fan base that would consume it. I so. would watch it if it was about Tilly, the young Tilly mysteries or something. <laughs> the, the young Tilly mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining like a, 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 a space version of Nancy Drew. <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. 
Chris, go ahead with your with your last one. All right, so it's my last one, and I tried to think of something that my wife and I could watch together. And um, since the only thing we seem to watch these days is Frasier, I'm going to borrow from the uh, straight syndication boom of the 80s and early 90s, and it's going to be called Frasier 2, T-O-O. And <laughs> it, ex- it follows the exploits of Frasier Crane Jr., as he's forced to room with his cousin David now, if you guys don't know, and Frasier, the the end, the last few episodes, Niles and Daphne had a son and they named him David. So this is canon. But David, his cousin, likes pork rinds and beer swilling and he's a college dropout. And uh, he takes after his grandpa Morton and his wild uncles from across the pond. That's another great uh, story beat in the later seasons. All of Daphne's brothers are just a bunch of reprobates. It's, it's terrific. <laughs> and... He's got to teach Frazier to lighten up a little bit, Frazier Jr., and Frazier has to teach him about some of the finer things in life and appreciating them. And I just think that if you could get cameos from all of the main cast, it would be terrific because I just want more Frazier in my life like I want more Forescape in my life. And Maybe we could put a wacky neighbor in there or something, but uh, I'd, I'd love to expand the Frazier universe as well. Is, is Bibby Newworth involved at all? Of course, hello. <laughs> then I'm there. <laughs> Lilith, always co- Lilith always comes on during sweeps. Don't you know anything, Rick? <laughs> <laughs> um, if if you go back to the early 90s when Cheers was getting ready to go off the air and they announced that they were going to do a spinoff of Frasier, did anybody have any idea that it was going to turn out to be as good as it was? Because in some ways, Frasier is better than Cheers was. I would say I mean, in every way, Frasier is better than Cheers was. <laughs> That's I, my opinion. I, I was not a huge Cheers fan. I'm, I'm, I'll come clean. I generally don't care for sitcoms on the whole. Uh, it's just, it's just not a format I care for. Uh, you know, unless it's like an All in the Family or Mash. Generally, sitcoms leave me cold. Uh, but I enjoyed Cheers. What I, what I saw of it, I wasn't a, a, an avid watcher. But when I heard that they were spinning Frasier off. You know, I did. I might have sprained my eyes, <laughs> rolling them so hard. Uh, but then, yeah. So I had no expectation that it would do anything more than just fail after one season. And then it became, you know, and what I saw of it too was just really good. Uh, it was just a really well done show. Um, I I have trouble imagining Niles and Daphne getting together, but I guess it must have made sense it's, in the show yeah it's a slow burn it plays out over about seven seasons but okay. when it finally does happen it's like yes it's like it's one of the highlights of the show some say it's the highest moment of the show now i will say that i had the incredible good fortune of seeing spam a lot with the original cast in new york and uh david hyde pierce that's his name right yep yeah is amazing yeah uh, he was he was their just, secret weapon yeah so. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, it kind of goes along the lines of, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be able to hear Rick's eyes roll all the way from Florida, <laughs> but Young Sheldon is not a bad show. Oh, uh, Rick. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I haven't seen every episode that's been on. I think, it's, I think they've aired like three or four episodes or whatever. I watched it last week, and it wasn't terrible, but it's so far fetch not far-fetched but it's so different from yeah. big bang theory it's a well, completely different kind of sitcom it is you know? well it's a one camera sitcom which yeah. is what i noticed first of all with no laugh track and the only reason i know is because we have been watching big bang since the premiere and um they finally got smart and put young sheldon on right after it i guess so the dvr tapes the first minute or so of young sheldon 
and I saw like the first minute of an episode before it stopped. And I said, well, let me check it out. I know I'm not going to see any more than a minute, and I know I'm not going to like it. And sure enough, I thought it was really dumb and bad, but it, it surprised me that it wasn't a traditional four-camera sitcom. It was it was sort of like an Arrested Development or Wonder Years type of sitcom. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's yeah. not it's not great. I'm not saying it's great, but it's not. I didn't think it was terrible, but, you know. I just might, you know, I stopped watching The Big Bang Theory about three seasons ago. Uh, not on purpose. Not, I didn't rage quit or anything like that. It just, it stopped being interesting enough for me to, cause I, you know, I, we cut the cord five, I, I think my daughter's six and we, she was one when we, when we cut the cord cause we were just paying way too much for cable and babies mm-hmm. are expensive. Uh, and so for me to watch anything, I have to, you know, I have to go out of my way to do it. I can't just, I don't just sit there and, oh, look what's coming on now. Um, but I love the first six seasons of the Big Bang Theory, uh, and I know that it's not it's not uh, um, popular to like the show, and you know, especially yeah, know. in nerd circles, you're supposed uh, to yeah. hate it. I'm, I'm sick of having to apologize for liking Big Bang, which <laughs> yeah, I say, I "F you, I like what I like. I don't need yeah. to live up to your stupid standard." You know, Trump, right. I curse on your show. God, <laughs> I I don't believe in the guilty pleasure. I I liked Big Bang Theory. I resisted it for a long time just because it was a sitcom. And then uh, a friend of mine, we went to his house. We had a big uh, kind of reunion Fourth of July party at his house one year. And he'd been trying to get me to watch the Big Bang Theory. I was like, oh, I'll watch it. I'll watch it someday. And and he just put the season one box set in my hand and said, take this home and watch it. And I binged it in like two weeks. Hmm. Um, but – my problem and my biggest problem with the show has been the morphing of Sheldon into this kind of almost caricature of what he was at the beginning because he became the popular character. Right. Now every show centers on him, which I don't like. Yeah. But, and you know, when he was in his do? underwear in a train station is when they started to lose me. That's the season that I just sort of yeah. faded away. They dialed it back a little bit after that because I think that they realized that it was getting away from him and he wasn't. It wasn't funny anymore. If if they were doing, if you do it all the time, it's not funny anymore. Steve Urkel syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but they have they've dialed him back a little bit and focused more on some of the other characters. But he's still a pretty big, I mean, main part of yeah. the show more so than you know Penny and uh, and Leonard are kind of observing everything now. Yeah, they're almost <laughs> an aside now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Rick, go ahead with your, with your last one. All right, I'm a, I'm a little torn, uh, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna double well, not double down, but I think we need a Flash Gordon TV show in the style of the Flash Gordon Flash Ah uh, movie. <laughs> I think we need a campy Adam West style sci-fi Buck Rogers shoot 'em up silly show out there. I'd watch hmm. it. <laughs> yeah it sounds sounds like fun because i think that you know that's what i was kind of expecting from the orville and that's what i didn't get from the orville uh what i got from the orville what and you know, it's been a while since i orville bash so i'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> what i got from the orville <laughs> was a ripoff of star trek with a stupid leading character um and i would like to see a straight up sci-fi parody out there and uh you know flash gordon People, it, it. I think it's become sort of, it's become more popular in memory than it ever was when it was actually out. Uh, 
because I, I remember seeing it in the theaters and it was like, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody in the film was interesting except Flash. I could not tell you the name of the dude that played Flash to save my life. Uh, and when, when you're Sam lead, Jones. Okay. And when, you're, <laughs> when your lead character is the weak link in your chain, things don't work right. You know, look at Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. But I think if, if you know, but look at all the site. You know, we got Timothy Timothy Dalton or or Pierce Brosnan. Which one was was Baron? I have no idea. I've never seen that movie. Um, I don't. I don't remember. Uh, anyway, I think I want to say I want to say Timothy Dalton. I think it was Timothy Dalton. Yeah, they you know they both went on to play Bond. No, yeah, it was Timothy Dalton and uh, Brian Blessed as the as the Hawkman and Peter Ustinov as Doctor Hans Zarkov and and Max von Sydow as Ming the Merciless. I mean, it was a the the look of it was beautiful. The story was campy as hell. Mm. All of the performances were so tongue in cheek. They were probably they had bite marks in their tongues. I would <laughs> love to see that as a TV series. It's funny you say that now. Now that I think about it, you could do the same thing, almost the same thing with the Barbarella TV series. Oh yeah, I oh, almost yeah. went with Barbarella, and then I figured, <laughs> eh, let's go with Flash Gordon instead. <laughs> I haven't thought of Barbarella in years. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Okay. Well, does anybody have any uh, honorable mentions they want to throw in? Uh, since I'm I'm a writer, I'd like to do maybe a book to series idea along the lines of Game of Thrones, but more heavy sci-fi. Um, there's a series of books called Otherland by Tad Williams, in which uh, a cast of characters from around the world have to enter into virtual reality online uh, as their avatars and stop like this this plot. That is giving children, like putting children into comas the world over. And um, it's sort of like this gonzo uh, cyberpunk, it, but it's not really cyberpunk because it's not like that Gibson Mirror Shades kind of deal, but it's like a kitchen sink novel, Williams called it. Any world that he could imagine, he was able to write about because it all takes place as a virtual reality. And I think they could have a lot of fun over many seasons exploring this, this virtual uh, land. And the unifying thread throughout the book was that there was always a river, and you just had to follow the river that would go between the different realities. So I'd like to see okay. something like that. Uh, my my honorable mention would be Quantum Leap, but uh, I, I've got it. I've got a whole thing spelled out. It's not as detailed as the one that Scott did on the show a while back, <laughs> but uh, essentially it would be a scientist that discovers Project Quantum Leap. Because he works for the Pentagon and secrets, he finds secrets, and uh, <laughs> and he uh, and he kind of comes up with a plan to save uh, Sam because Sam's body is dying, and if they, they don't save him, then he's going to be lost in time forever. But he does the same thing, going back in time, trying to find Sam, but they've perfected the uh, the retrieval method. And he's able to come back every week. So every week he's getting it. It's kind of like time tunnel. He gets in this thing every week, goes back in time, comes back, and uh, essentially you go. You have this this long running arc of trying to save Sam, and then Scott Bakula might show up at the end of the se uh, series or something like that. So, hmm. cool. Rick, yeah, you got I've, any? Yeah, I've got two quick ones. Okay. <clears throat> One, I I don't for a minute think that we will ever see. Uh, Firefly come back to TV, and if you're one of the people that believes that that could happen, let it go. Just, just yeah. deep breath, let it go. It's not ever going to happen. But I would love to see a prequel series of everything that happened to River 
up to the point where she got into that storage case. Yeah, that would be good. Um, and I think that the time has come, and if they do it right this time, for a RoboCop TV series. Yeah. Wasn't there one already? There, there was, but it was aimed at kids. They tried to make it kid-friendly. And RoboCop was never, you know, aside from them trying to market RoboCop toys, if you want, you know, go back and watch the original. No, it I wasn't, know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the beauty of RoboCop wasn't, hey, you know, and, and that's why the, the, the remake recently failed so miserably because they didn't, they didn't get what made RoboCop so good. And that was the satire of it. It wasn't putting a, you know, a half dead cop into a robot body. That's, been done a million times before it was all of the commercials and the and the 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 social commentary that was done <laughs> in you know all around the, the 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 circumstances of the movie if they could capture that and turn that into a tv show that would be brilliant you yeah, know Rick? Vorhoven, Vorhoven was was big on stuff because it went he did the same kind of stuff when he did starship starship troopers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was kind of that same that same vibe and rick I, i'd buy that for a dollar <laughs> yeah, RoboCop uh, three. I think the TV show was kind of patterned after RoboCop three uh, because it was all it was toned down a lot. It wasn't yeah, as violent. And it could fly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't see the new RoboCop movie, the reboot that came out a couple of years ago, but I knew it was fundamentally flawed when in the in the trailer Murphy was able to put up his visor whenever he wanted to. Yeah. I mean, the whole emotional arc of the first movie was Murphy rediscovering that he's murphy and when he mm-hmm. takes that visor up it's like he's finally he's finally back he's finally arrived yeah when and, he pulls those four inch screws out of his head yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean it, 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 right there i knew it was a wrong-headed reboot or whatever reimagining yeah I, I watched it we, yeah. we rented it uh and it, it, you know it if there had never been an original it would have been you know it was a fine action film but it had none of the charm and none of the bite of the original. Yeah. Okay. I saw it in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, when somebody somebody said I'll buy that for a dollar in the movie, and I was like, ah, yeah, it doesn't work now. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I think that's pretty much going to do it for this episode, guys. Uh, make sure that wherever you get the show, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, or whatever. Wherever you find us, you know, leave us a rating and a review so that we can help more people find the show. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter or on our website at CosmicPotato.com. And links to those social media pages are right there on the front page of the website. And we also have a phone number you can you can text or you can call and leave a voicemail. It's Erico 205-642-8380. Text us and I'll read it on the show. Leave us a voicemail. And I will play it on the show. And uh, now for the big announcement. We're going to do something next month that uh, we haven't done before. Our Christmas episode this year, instead of just talking about Christmas movies, we're going to watch one. And we're going to record a commentary track for it. So you can watch the movie while you listen. Or you can just listen. It doesn't matter. But the movie that we're going to watch is Gremlins. And it is available on Netflix, so you can pull it up on Netflix and you can put your earbuds in and listen to us talk about the movie or just talk over the movie or whatever we do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, be, tune in for that because we're going to record it the week before Christmas and I will probably release it on Christmas Eve, so, uh, so be on the watch out for that. And uh, Chris, thanks for being here this week. I appreciate it. 
I, I appreciate it too. And I want to hear um, everybody's uh, fan fiction uh, Frasier two stories. Just just call up or you know. Right. <laughs> Remember, it's Frasier. You might not want. The Fraser slash fiction, you might not want to read. <laughs> Fraser Niles, yeah, huh? yeah. <laughs> It'd be like Supernatural, only t- you know, ten years before Supernatural. Don't they know we're brothers? <laughs> That's right. You're right. <laughs> All right, Rick. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure as always. And be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, when you might hear John say, "Yeah," and then he was all. How can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? And I was like, because this is America, bitch. America. (laughs) You know, I picture you with a CNSA, and you're pulling the string. (laughs) I wish I had a John CNSA. If I had a John CNSA, I would play with that thing all the time. (laughs) I just see a John doll, and you're pulling the string on his back. (laughs)